Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. We're, yeah. <laughs> See, the beauty, of, the beauty of having this type of podcast is that, you know, even though we come on live, we got a whole bunch of alive people with us, and they always just, they never know when stuff getting ready to start. And, you know, when it, whenever it starts, it's just like, oh, no, I don't want to be heard. I don't want to be heard. Get to your seats. Get to your seats. Get to your seats. But that's okay. It's cool because that's what makes us the realest podcast in Christendom. This is your boy, Pastor Ferguson, with my man, Mitchell Harper. What's up, Mitchell? We had a rough night, didn't we? Sure enough, man. Oh, man, oh, man. Man, <laughs> I, I I was sleeping good for a change, and then all of a sudden, you know, you know, we had two two shifts in, in, the, in the night. Um, some people already know we had a whole bunch of weather that happened. I mean, we had thunder. We had lightning. We had hail. We had threat of tornado we had everything going on and it felt crazy so i'm just praying to the lord that as we do what we have been purposed to do around here that maybe just maybe we'll get some sleep tonight. oh yeah yeah that's that's my hope tonight. yeah so you know we're we're grateful that we're here it's a safe house podcast good to be with everybody um as always here around the 6 30 mark Tonight, a little bit different. We had a little bit of technical stuff, making sure that we were on point. Um, hopefully, you caught the new track as we were coming in. You know, we're trying to be be a little more grown up these days. <laughs> so, um, grateful for all that. Um, tonight, we are finishing up our Modern Prophets um, series of um, podcasts. But we got a whole bunch of announcements um, just to get things out of the way because we want to make sure – that you are informed about what's happening or whether it comes to all the happenings of Clare United Methodist Church here on the South Side. Always remember that we 
Come to on with the podcast six thirty ish every Wednesday, around six thirty every Wednesday. This March we are going to be starting another series of podcasts entitled "The Empire Versus the Revolution." So it'll be four parts. We're going to be dealing with many different aspects of the Empire versus the Revolution. But I want to bring to your attention two particular dates that we have coming up, which is the 13th, which is the second Wednesday of the month, which will have my brother, our guest, we'll have a guest that evening, my brother, Pastor Anthony Hendricks of Kingdom Assembly International here in Columbus, um, newly planted church, um, really good brother. Not only is he a pastor, not only does he have a regular nine to five, but my man mm. has been in Christian hip hop for years as well, known as priest. So I don't know if he's going to drop a high 16, but I know that he'll come and we're going to have a great time and a great conversation on the 13th. Yeah. And then on the 27th, on the 27th, we're going to be dealing with one of the major issues that's going on in our, in our world right now. And that's the world we're in Gaza and in Israel. And we're going to have um, individuals from the group Jews for Peace with us on that evening to have a conversation about the reality um, between dealing with Judaism and Zionism. So I am excited about that conversation because we don't need to be the experts on everything. And it's one thing for us to talk about what we think about what's happening. It is another to have people that are informed about what's taking place overseas. So be on the lookout for those two in particular throughout the month of March. I am definitely excited about those things coming up. Absolutely. Also, on March 9th, which is next Saturday, uh, sitting there United Methodist Church will be having a men's conference um, starting at 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, spiritual warfare, claiming the victory in the storm. Um, I've been asked to be one, one of the two speakers on that day. I'll be the opening speaker for the conference. And then um, the Reverend Dr. Arthur Day Combus Jr., pastor over Traveler's Rest, will be the other speaker for that day. There's a free will offering. Continental breakfast and lunch will be served during this conference. Uh, brothers, 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 brothers. If you are available around that time, brothers, 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 <laughs> brothers, brothers, brothers. And I'm saying it for those in here, those that are online, brothers, brothers, brothers. If you are within any kind of driving distance and got that block of time, it would be great to see you at this men's conference as we try to support and be in connection with our brothers over at Centenary. Also here at Claire, we have our annual prayer brunch that is sponsored by our nurses um, ministry um, on March 16th at 11 a.m. here at the church. Um, we're having tickets that are being sold. You can contact any um, nurse that is a part of our congregation. I would suggest you do so on Sunday because, of course, every Sunday we are here at 10 a.m. for worship. But the tickets are $20 for adults and for children 12 and under. They are $12. It is a great time. Last year was awesome. This year is going to be just as wonderful. On Good Friday, we're going to... I will be a part of the Seven Last Words service that will be taking place at Wesley Church of Hope, United Methodist Church. And that service, I believe, if I remember correctly, begins at 6.30. 
If I'm wrong, somebody will correct me. Indeed. But it'll be at 6.30 over at Wesley Church of Hope. And I'm, man, I'm moving, moving so fast trying to remember the uh, <laughs> remember the street address. Jesus. But it'll be at Wesley Church of Hope. Please mark your calendars for that event over at Wesley Church of Hope. Make yourself available. It'll be seven great, it'll be six great preachers in this preacher here that's just okay trying to just give a Sunday school lesson and hopefully you'll be blessed in all that's being said and done as well as the music and everything that will take place mm-hmm. over there that's I, 2935 Bullen Avenue Columbus Bullen see there we go so, Lord that's why I need mercy. y'all because I don't know how to read so all right we're, <laughs> so we're gonna work on your 293 <laughs> 2935 Bullen the Bullen Avenue hey amen so 2935 Bulin Avenue. Come on out on Good Friday. We got a like I said, a church that doesn't have a lot going on. Man, maybe not it may not be the place for you, but trust me, we got a full, a full, a full march. And included in that full march, we have our 107th church anniversary on Ooh. Lord have mercy. On Palm Sunday, the Come fourth Sunday this month. We're excited about it. You know why I'm excited about it? Because I just found out I ain't preaching. Hey, hey glory to God. I get to sit I get to sit out. Oh Lord. But I won't look. I'm saying it now, but you know, I'll be ready, but I'm saying it now. I'm, I'm gonna sit down somewhere don't, if I can help it. Don't hey, ask me man. to do nothing. <laughs> I'm gonna sit down. Look, it just because I'm sitting down don't mean we gotta go three hours. It, Hallelujah to the Lamb. All right. <laughs> but on Sunday is our church anniversary. Let's be prayerful about that. Everyone that's able to be in the space. Come out, support 10 a.m. in that worship experience. All right. Let's get started tonight. Um, Mitchell, could you open us up in prayer? Of course. Dear God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for getting us safely through the night. We know that that may not have been everyone's reality, but we thank you for the opportunity to just see another day and come together. Um, We thank you for this word. We thank you for the power that comes out of the word and the prophets that you sent to to share this word with us, Lord. Help us as we dive into this word and and open the word up to our eyes and our hearts and our ears, Lord, and help us to be fully immersed in it um, so that we can draw closer to you and to each other. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you. So we have tonight um, this final um, speech, if you will, that came from one that I would call a modern prophet um and i know i know that the difficulty yeah let's let's start here because maybe we're gonna catch a little bit of steam and it's cool the difficulty that people have when you say or use terms sometimes people be like what do you mean modern prophet and all this other stuff um in this context these are words that have really stood the test of time um first week together this month of course we talked about talked about the last sermon that was preached at um in washington dc at the national cathedral by martin luther king jr last week talked about a speech that was um spoken by marcus garvey and quite honestly mitchell you carried the whole thing last week man that was Oh, it, got, no. it got it got good. Last I think week. the speech did all the work. He, he was saying he, we just repeated what he said. I mean, it was <laughs> it was something else. 
Like, if you haven't heard these sermons or speeches, mm-hmm. you need to listen to them for yourself. Do not just take what we say. You need to listen to them. And I'm not talking about hear them. I want you to listen to these things and then you put together and pull together how scripture can illuminate some mm-hmm. things. So tonight we we hit on a a speech that in a lot of ways is still controversial to some people. But the main re- one of the main reasons I chose it is because of where the speech took place. Um, this is a speech by Malcolm X. <gasps> yes, Brother Malcolm. <laughs> the you know, his mama named him Malcolm. He was known as Malcolm Little. Mm-hmm. He was known as Red Detroit Red, Boston Red, all that. But his own conversion to becoming a practicing. Muslim led him to be to be known in a whole nother context. But the title of the of the speech is the ballot or the bullet. And he spoke this at Corey United Methodist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Corey United Methodist Church in Cleveland, Ohio. Mm. Let me say that again. This the national minister for the nation of Islam who eventually was excommunicated from the nation (laughs) spoke this particular speech at a United Methodist church in the Glendale area of Cleveland, Ohio. In a building, watch this, in a building that used to be a Jewish synagogue. Mm. So I want to I want to give I want to give as much history so that people understand the importance of not rejecting what people say. But we can be critical and look through the things that are said. And sometimes we can find commonality. Sometimes we can find some very important things. You mean we can't just discredit stuff just because the person who said it wasn't a Christian? Sure no. Oh. Who knew? I mean, Martin knew. That's why he talked about, you know, trying to be nonviolent like Gandhi. That's true. Yep. You know. You know, that's you know, that's a hard thing for this is a difficult thing for people that say they follow Jesus to understand for whatever reason that you can find things of knowledge from places that are not exclusively Christian. It's real quiet. We're going to get canceled this. We're going to get canceled this week, Pastor. (laughs) (laughs) Where these mics at? Because we're gonna look, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna use these mics. We're gonna we gonna we're gonna use them. Let's make sure we got it going here. All right. Go ahead, man. I just am confused on how easy it is for people to remember that 
the English language wasn't spoken during Jesus's time. And the language that was is still spoken in mosques and synagogues. Well, without going down a rabbit hole, <laughs> the reason that people get caught up in this limiting of things, because we're going to get into the content here in a second, people get caught up in the limiting of things because they do not take the time to do context. Let's, let's start here. Because since it's been brought up, mm -hmm. let's set a table. People read the New Testament. And if you talk to some people that have been in church a while, they will always talk about the generalization of the New Testament being that the language of the New Testament is Greek. Mm -hmm. Here's the problem. The spoken language in the Gospels is going to be Aramaic. Right. And then after you get out of that, the spoken language of many of the places, especially in the Roman Empire, going to be Latin. <laughs> then you got to deal with when you enter into areas of the Greeks. Then you talk about Greek. <laughs> so then there are various language barriers for people to have to think about and consider. Mm. Therefore, if you're going to truly exegete a thing, you got to exegete it with exegete to uncover, to um, learn, to break out. You're going to have to do more than just stay at a certain level, which means then you got to understand nuance, context. Precisely. You got to know all the different things happening within an area. Mm -hmm. So then, even before we get into the content of what Malcolm said, what was so what would be so important for a Muslim preacher to be invited to an event at a United Methodist Church in a building that was once a Jewish synagogue? There had to be reason. Right. The reason should have should have been that the Glendale area has always been known to be heavily African American. So you got a whole group of black folk. You got a whole group of black people in an area in the 60s going through some struggle and having to figure out what am I going to do to be mobilized enough to be in my own skin and to show myself to be a man or a woman. Therefore, one of the great minds of our time entered into a church that not only did he occupy and speak in, but before he ever did, his counterpart, Martin Luther King Jr., spoke in the same pulpit. Mm. And the only other person that y'all know, the only other two people that the people in this space know personally that have ever spoken in that pulpit was a former pastor here, Gregory Kendrick, and your current pastor that was there not too long ago. <laughs> so I got to preach in the same place that two great minds stood to talk about the empowerment of the disenfranchised. Mm -hmm. That's the main reason I went to this, <laughs> because it, it's, it's interesting 
how we just almost reject certain things. So um, did you have a comment? Go ahead. So um, basically I was just touching on the uh, part where you were saying that Christians have a hard time um, believing that you can like, you know, gain wisdom or uh, learn things in other places. But I feel like it could be interpreted in a way, at least from my point of view, that sometimes it's just like a lot of stuff ends up going back to Jesus on its own or like ends up somehow relating in of itself in some way, shape or form. If you look at it in a certain light, like an example would be like you gave the Gandhi thing. Mm -hmm. uh, But like, aren't we supposed to like turn the other cheek and not do harm? Like, I still feel like. As far as that goes, that's already something that still would go back by itself without somebody having to make the connection. So, again, this is where we get into how people think and function. So you have a whole, you have a world where, you have a world now where there are people that refuse to even think about the possibility of the other. They're fixated on what they're fixated on. And because they're fixated on what they're fixated on, it is difficult for them to consider something differently. Mm -hmm. Check this out, because now I'm going to pull from the speech. Before I pull from the speech, make sure that um, in your Bibles that you go to the Acts 7, 44 through 60, because that's what we'll try to tie this stuff to. Acts 7, 44 through 60. Here's the, here's one of the first statements that I pulled from the speech that got me. Because Malcolm sets a tone. It says this, although I'm still a Muslim, I'm not here tonight to discuss my religion. I'm not here to try and change your religion. I'm not here to argue or discuss anything that we differ about because it's time for us to submerge our differences and realize that it is best for us to first see that we have the same problem, a common problem, a problem that will make you catch hell, whether you are Baptist or a Methodist or a Muslim or a nationalist, whether you are, you're educated or illiterate, whether you live on the boulevard or in the alley. You're going to catch hell just like I am. We're all in the same boat, and we all are going to catch the same hell from the same man. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Out the gate. <laughs> this is not a religious discussion. He said, I am not here to convert you. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what's deep about that. If you don't know enough about Malcolm, go back and look at his history. Go back and look at his life. He was the son of a preacher. And not just any old kind of preacher. He was the son of a preacher that, watch this, you want to see some full circle stuff? Mm-hmm. Who was a major believer in the, in the ideas, in the ideology of Marcus Garvey. <laughs> see how that pulls. So, it is not that he never had any kind of idea about Christ. He saw 
how they treated his daddy. Mm. Mm. And it's always been stated that he saw his daddy as a strong black man, but also had to witness how they ultimately killed his daddy mm -hmm. and what it did to his mama and all these other things that come about, right? So his whole journey, right, was significant on many, many levels. So for him to arrive at a place where he can enter into a church where at one time previous he used to look at black Christians as sellouts, mm -hmm. but then after his own conversion realizing this is not the way, when he, as he puts it, comes into a full understanding of Islam for himself, that he could no longer look at his own people in this same light that he used to. This was a major thing. He understood there's common ground for us. And you heard me say it Sunday. I think I said it Sunday, if I'm remembering correctly. It don't matter who you think you are. Everybody's going to catch it. No matter how far you go, no matter how much God has elevated you, you are prone to trouble. Trouble comes for whoever it is indiscriminate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you, you can be paid all day long. You are not exempt from trouble. You can be in a whole nother economic class. Guess what? In a lot of cases, you still black. Well, I think that that just speaks to like the reality of how interconnected the black experience is with the, like you can't pull it away from the black church. So like even someone who doesn't necessarily consider himself a part of the black church right. still can't remove himself from how entrenched he is in that, that history in that, I don't know, but, uh, like you said, we're going to be black regardless, mm -hmm. <laughs> and they're going to treat us as such sometimes. So uh, so even even if there are things that we cannot agree on in a certain instance, we still got to come back to the fact that there are certain things that we absolutely cannot be separate on. Mm -hmm. We cannot be apart from each other on. And I think the black church does the, has an ability to bring us together in that, in that sense that, in a, way that a lot, in a way that a lot of other things can't. And, and, the, and the fact of the matter is this. One of the great things about the one of the great things about quote unquote black church culture mm -hmm. is that embedded in it is community. Right. And a lot of the things that we try to distance ourselves from now that we're in 2024, which don't make any sense. The fact that community is at the core of who we are. Because guess what? If you ain't right, I ain't right. If you suffering, I'm suffering. If you succeed. You know, that they're, they're at, at its core. If they I, come for you, they're coming for me. Exactly. Mm -hmm. But we, but what, but what we have, but what we wrestle with now is the fact that there's so much separation because somewhere along the line, we have forgotten certain things. And we're trying to separate ourselves from it by saying, well, I'm this or I'm this or I'm this. And not realizing, no, nah, we we all in the same boat. Well, I am 
one who doesn't believe in deluding myself. Another quote. I'm not going to sit at your table and watch you eat with nothing on my plate and call myself a diner. Sitting at the t- sitting at the table doesn't make you a diner unless you eat some of what's on that plate. Mm-hmm. Being here in America doesn't make you an American. Being born here in America doesn't make you an American. Why, if birth made you American, you wouldn't need any legislation. You wouldn't need any amendments to the Constitution. You wouldn't be faced with civil rights filibustering in Washington, D.C. right now. (laughs) Which is the challenging of people pursuing the American dream and not coming to an understanding that it is not full access to you because it wasn't created for you. Mm-hmm. That's a challenge. Now, speaking like this, another quote, it doesn't mean that we are anti-white, but it does mean that we are anti-exploitation. Mm-hmm. We're anti-dedigration. We are anti-oppression. And if the white man doesn't want us to be anti-him, let him stop oppressing and exploiting and degrading us. Whether we are Christians or Muslims or nationalists or agnostics or atheists, we must learn to forget our differences. If we have differences, let us differ in the closet. When we come out in front, let us not have anything to argue about until we get finished arguing with the man. Mm. If we got differences, handle that in private. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you come out, you come out on one accord. It's a powerful thing. And and I don't want to and I don't want to make light of it. It's a powerful thing when people talk about differences that exist, but coming to a place where it's like we must work out our stuff in order to unite and do what is best for the whole, which means that you and I can differ on a thing, but we better not let nobody else know that we're differing on something small Mm -hmm. because this thing moving forward is bigger than us. And what we have done is we, we argue about the little stuff in public so much that it becomes bigger than it needs to be when the goal should still be the same. Mm -hmm. Now translate that into the life of the church. We translate that by saying we all say we should be what? All one in Christ, right? That's what we say. But what we don't do always is work out the things that challenge us. Mm -hmm. Because in the greater scheme, most of the stuff is small, but it's become big because we have not handled it over here. Right. We have, you can go into, ain't ain't this crazy? Let us all go into the closet. Everybody want to come out closets. And And Malcolm says, Everybody need to go into the closet and work it out there. But when you come out, you're on one accord. 
That's deep. Yeah. Because I, I don't want I want to be careful how I say this, but there is a certain level of danger in losing the solidarity that you and I have because someone else tells us that our religion should supersede what we already know we got going on together. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how do you find that balance in terms of, I know that this is a priority, but I'm not going to let you tell me that this other thing also isn't a priority when you're using the thing that you're telling me is a priority sometimes to jack up, you know, like you can't use my faith to tell me that I'm not allowed to be fully black. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the, the thing that, so the thing that comes to mind is this, my faith ought to inform Mm -hmm how I function and move, right? So seminary would, t- seminary would teach you that you should be able to have theolo- a theological mind about a thing. There are people that come from certain angles. I will tell anybody in a minute, I come from a black liberation theology perspective that says that, of course, as the title of the sermon series I've been preaching, we ain't free until we all free, mm-hmm. right? I might be free in mind and spirit and everything else, but if you still oppress, we, we ain't free. We ain't free. I might be free, but the truth is we ain't free. Yeah. So in order for us to be free, I have to function in a way that liberates now, not just from the perspective of liberating black folk, mm-hmm. but it is my experience as being black that helps me understand and see those who are disenfranchised. Therefore, how I function in this world causes me, and how I function as a believer ought to cause me to do what? Make sure that the disenfranchised are lifted. Mm-hmm. That is the lens by which I look and function in my faith, Yeah, right? So it doesn't make a difference if you black, white, this, that, or the other. If you are oppressed, if you are suppressed, if you are whatever, then guess what? I got to find a way to lift. Yeah. I want you to be liberated from those things that keep you bound, mm-hmm. right? So that is the challenge. That is the, that is the thing. Most people are just trying to push an agenda in an agenda and stamp Christ to it mm-hmm. rather than, okay, let me say it a different way. I love being black and I want people to acknowledge my blackness. Pay attention to the next statement. Don't nullify my blackness by saying the following things. I don't see color. That means, that mean, no, no, now hear me out. That means you don't see the uniqueness of what God creates. I'm black. I run into white people. I run into Latino people. I run into Asian people, all that kind of stuff. How can I not see the difference? 
for me, it is I acknowledge your differences as sacred because that makes you unique. Mm -hmm. And in order to acknowledge the sacredness of my life, I want you to acknowledge the uniqueness in which God created me as you will want me to do the same. But you can't do that if you function from a place where you think that God not only made us all, but made us all a monolith. If you acknowledge my uniqueness, then you're really truly acknowledging the power and creativity of God. Mm -hmm. That's what I want you to acknowledge. In the vastness of God. Yes. Because then you understand that there's more elements to who God is than just your perspective. Right. That's some of what we fight for. Now, we got a brother that's looking almost halfway confused and holding a mic. Talk to me. That's a, da reason, that's only, a dangerous combination. Only, re <laughs> Luda, only reason I say it is because he's my friend. Go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you mentioned attaching Christ to agendas. Where, and I know, I hope I'm not opening a can of worms right here. You probably are. Uh, uh, eh. All right. <laughs> Where did we begin having the mindset of using faith as an attachment on an email? Faith as an attachment on an email, in other words. So many, and we can go back through history all the, all the way to time memorial, where faith has been used as the the the, the gas, as the gaslight. Mm -hmm. We're gonna destroy your country. We're gonna annihilate your people. We're gonna x you fill in the blank of whatever mm -hmm. you want. We're mm -hmm. gonna do whatever it is in the name of. Mm -hmm. I got you, and. Because you use the term a monolith. Mm -hmm. And as someone who I will, and I have no problem in ad admitting in my youth, sought knowledge from the nation. Mm -hmm. Went, studied, was blessed to meet high-ranking individuals in, in the nation of Islam, including Brother Farad Muhammad, Know, Minister Farrakhan and uh, Anthony Muhammad, um, and these gentlemen, just like you, you, you explained, never approached me in a in a in a you should do this mentality. Mm -hmm. They always approached me from a communal sense. Mm -hmm. If this is what you are trying to find, then here are the places where you go to search for said knowledge. Right. Okay, now I'm finally, okay, now I understand. I, I know what question I want to ask now. Why do we not approach Christianity in, in that sense? You are, you're making the transition to the text, baby. 
let's see. Let's. What do you got on your mind, Mitchell? No, go ahead. No, 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 no. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say that I I, I don't know that that's just a us thing when it comes to our particular faith. I think that, like you said, we have always done that, and I think that we. Mm. The the intention, I think, often starts from a, I don't want to say a good place, but I think it, it, the intention comes from a place that it doesn't often end up. Um, Like, if this is my God, I'm going to fight for my God. But when that fighting becomes more proactive and oppressive than as opposed to maybe like you know turning the other cheek maybe uh then it becomes more self-serving as opposed to i'll do you one better mm-hmm. and i hopefully that this this makes a, the point let's just use slavery sure how many you know of our ancestors mm-hmm. were Sent to the gallows, you know. Sent to the tree from bad theology. Yeah, from mm-hmm. not not just bad theology. Theology that, like you said, the intent is there. If you stick to the the mm-hmm. spirit of 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 what is supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it's you. It's weaponized. There you go. Is, there the, you go. is, is the is the word that I wanted to use. So so when you. When you deal with um, when we deal with scripture, when we deal with the reality of how things have been weaponized over the years, the weaponization of scripture, the weaponization of religion occurs many times because whoever has their hands on the words will manipulate in order to keep and continue to keep people in an oppressed circumstance. While telling them that they're yeah. not. Right. <laughs> yeah. And we and look, you 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 get messy around what we're gonna go into starting next week. But since you since you already started it, let's go ahead and just kind of put it there. Because people can take the book, read the book, but not exegete and learn from the book they will do whatever they can to keep those that are willingly or unwillingly ignorant in their place if I don't have access I don't know that things could be better If I don't have access, if I don't have access, then I don't know if things can necessarily be better. Like, oh, go. No, I was just gonna say it's like when when they see when they see you hitting people with fire hoses on TV, people don't realize that that's the reality until everybody gets to see it. You know what I mean? And so like we can we can say everything's fine, racism doesn't until you see them dogs and them fire hoses, then people start to understand. But as long as I get to control the narrative, I get to tell you whatever I want. 
Um, in, rea in reality, the struggle that we all are facing right now is, uh, first of all, I was created to be a messenger in this world today. And as far as what I am now, uh, struggling as a white man, but the basically what it boils down to is control over everything. They're pushing the envelope of who can control the most in this world. Those who can shut up a person or make a person bow down to whatever they want. When it comes to self-control, those people that are up in the main seats of this world are basically trying to tell us, you can't do this, or you can't do that. You do what I say, when I say, how I say, and hell with the rest. But when it really boils down to, the only two things that we really need to, uh, to know at the two main powers in play is evil and God. Those are the ones are in force of uh, who can control the most. Those who, and when it faces down to it, at the end of the time, God is going to win and he's going to have more of us than Satan. You talk about that so empire. Continue to walk they are walking now, are we going to regret even trying to put their foot down on the person's neck and choke them out? That ain't going to happen because you lost out by not letting what you were supposed to be doing in the first place, mm. serving God for who you were supposed to be living for, not for what money, power, or these fancy houses, all this stuff. That's material stuff. Material stuff ain't going to get you to heaven. It's what the uh, what's in the soul that's going to get you there. It's almost like they've read the scripture before. They <laughs> It's like they know what we was going to talk about today, man. It is, but that's a good thing. <laughs> Go ahead, I sis. I was trying to put this in layman's terms because, you know, everybody, I mean, it's a good thing. We all know that. But are we talking about, like, the people? That's like we read the Bible and they use it, they use their faith against them to lead them down the wrong road by putting it in a way to make them think that this is the best for them. Mm. I, I don't even know if I said it right. No, you said yeah. no, no. So, yeah, some, sometimes but it can be more confusion than anything. Our faith, because of the fact that we might not know, like you can read this and understand it, but you're going to use my faith against me to lead me down the wrong path because I'm so busy l believing in this faith mm -hmm. and not understanding what I really need to understand that I am falsely led down the wrong road. Mm -hmm. It's only it's only a, a newer revelation, right, that, that we, we all got to have our own individual Bibles, right? They, yeah. they used to chain the daggone thing to the pulpit. Yeah. You know, only certain people could have access to read it for themselves. So, so, so let's do this. Because I don't want to say I don't want to say we're running out of time. We're right where we need to be. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the scripture, and then we're gonna pull these things out real quick. Because ultimately, what we're dealing with is choosing the route 
of change. So Stephen was a deacon, was one of the seven deacons that was chosen because the work was becoming much. He ended up being the deacon that had the biggest mouth. He had a bigger mouth than, he had a bigger mouth than Peter, in my, my opinion, because how do you go from being having hands laid on you to set you apart to the end of the story for him getting stoned to death? Yeah, he, he didn't make it two chapters, man. He didn't make he, it. He didn't, he didn't make, make it two it. chapters. He wasn't in long. <laughs> he wasn't in long. And this is why he got stoned. If you ever... If you ever want to read something inflammatory, it, like people be like, did I say something? You probably didn't because if you don't get folk this mad, <laughs> you ain't said nothing. <laughs> I want you I want you to check this out. I want you to check this out. Acts 7, beginning in verse 44. Our fathers had the tent of witness in the wilderness. Brother knows his history. Yep. Okay? And let me, let me throw this out here too. Even though he's a convert in following Jesus, he was still Jew. Okay, listen. One thing about Jewish folk, there is a premium place on knowing your history. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Yep. And there was once a premium <laughs> placed on us. Know our history through our elders and through our griots and all that. So this... This is the evidence of what happens when you keep on hammering history home. I got our seats. Yes. Our fathers had, had the tent of witness in the wilderness just as he who spoke to Moses directed him to make it according to the pattern that he had seen. Our fathers, in turn, brought it in with Joshua when they dispossessed the nations that God drove out before our fathers. So was until the days of David who found favor in the sight of God and asked to find a dwelling place for the God of Jacob. But it was Solomon who built a house for him. Yet the Most High does not dwell in houses made by hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Come on. What kind of house will you build for me, says the Lord? What is the place of my rest? Did not my hand make all these things? And then here it comes. It, it was good until then. You stiff-necked people. Oh, man. Uncircumcised in, hearts and, in heart and ears. You always, not sometimes, always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? Dad, come on. And they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one, whom you have now betrayed and murdered, you who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged. They ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens open mm. and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. 
the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Word of God for the people of God. He, he chose the truth over a lie, and he spoke and he spoke truth to power when it was not fashionable. Mm. And he said it straight to the people that already knew what he was talking about. Stood in front of Sanhedrin and said, let me tell you something. Y'all ain't, look, you messed up. Your daddy's messed up. Your parents are messed up. Yeah, man. All of them messed up. Yeah. And I got the receipts to prove it because they done killed the prophets. They done killed everybody that came. They, you done killed Christ. You done done all this stuff. And you still don't even know how to, what, perceive the movement of the Holy Ghost. Mm. Said it straight to them. And their only response was to hold their right. ears, yep. <laughs> pick up rocks, and stone them. Kill them. That's all that, that's that, that was their response. Did you see anywhere where they were trying to debate them? Yeah, there was no rebuttal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they weren't able to hear it. Yeah, they, they yeah. Mm -mm. Just, uh-uh. You, you going to come up in here and tell me? That I'm wrong. And what makes it worse is that they came from the same religious background. Yeah. Yeah. And they ain't want to hear it. They ain't want to hear it. It almost feels like he's saying word for word exactly what John the Baptist said to, said to these folk. Like, like brood of vipers, whitewashed tomb. Like, like y'all don't get it. Like, <laughs> and he goes as far to say, your mama. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Well, I wish I could say I wish no wait, wait. I wish I could repeat what Martin said on <laughs> on that episode of Martin when he jumped on after Gina got boot, got messed up and got ran over on on his show. But basically, if you look up that clip, we, that's what we that's, saved. that was the we saved. We saved enough <laughs> for the for the for the camera and for this mic. But just go up look look at the clip. That's what that's what Steven did. That's basically what he did. But the only difference is he didn't get cut off by the FCC. He didn't get bleeped out yeah. by Stan. Mm -mm. He just said it to their face. Mm -hmm. Told them straight up. I mean, that's about as that's about as clear as I could make. Here it is, though. When have we ever been so bold mm. to call a thing a thing? Yeah. When have we stopped? And, and, and I want to be clear. I want to be clear. This is the challenge of the church today. When have we been so bold to call out a thing being a thing? Some people would say, anytime you see something that you don't particularly care for, that's what you call out. No, 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 no. I'm talking about. When was the last time you looked at a situation 
and you looked at people that may not have been exactly what you thought they should be. They're not exactly the folk that you hope would come to church or the people you run into somewhere and you see them being messed over and everything else and you actually open your mouth and said, this ain't right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then watch this. And then you say it to folk that you know claim to have the same background as you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And say, uh-uh, this ain't what we on. Yeah. That boldness that boldness it may come from a few but if we're honest it is not coming from a collective right yeah it's not coming from a collective currently because it is not profitable shoot it is not profitable to be prophetic it also doesn't seem like it's profitable to be connect like connected say that again yeah. it's not profitable to, to be connected i gotta ha- if if you got your thing i gotta have my thing that yes. is that is somehow different from yours and now we gotta be in competition with each other because like there is there is credibility in me talking bad about you rather than being able to find a place where we can say how do we move forward together in a healthy way man let's be messy that takes it all the way back to what Malcolm said. Deal with your stuff in the closet so that you come out on one accord. This, by, by Stephen, was actually a closet conversation. It's trying to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you trying to come at me, bro, <laughs> you killed the one I'm following. Mm-hmm. But you can't deny what I'm saying right. because we come from the same space. Watch it. Here's we're still in Black History Month. Black folk, this is what we got today and tomorrow. Black History Month is not over yet. We we right. Black history is 365, and then this year 366. You got that extra day. Right. Yeah. But understand, we don't go into the private place to deal with the things they struggle with in order to come out on one accord. The reason that the reason that churches have splinters and divisions is because they don't want to deal with the stuff in private Oof. because they're in competition trying to prove that they are superior. Right. When we're all dust. Yep. Yep. How do you compete with dust? How does dust compete with dust? Let me say that it one more again. Mm-hmm. How does dust compete with dust? That don't make sense because everybody still does. Mm. I, I I don't understand. So, okay, because I I got I'm just I'm playing today, right? My brother's got he got his watch on, he got his stuff on, all this other stuff, right? I saw that watch. Yeah, it's, it's black, a nice it's black a nice, to me over here. It's yeah. a nice watch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice watch. You know what? Look, look, look. You the you the 
You done talked a lot, so we're going to talk about you. So <laughs> That's my friend. That's my friend. That's my friend. That's my brother. I love you, man. So, but, but at the end of the day, he does, I'm does. Today, he's more decorated does than me. We're going to jump you later so that we can be shiny does. Yeah, right. we're we going to so jump to, you later. So today, so go, don't go with me. He's shiny does. And I'm quote unquote plain does. But you know what most people would say? He's better dust than I am because that's superficial. Yeah. yeah. Only thing I can trust is my eyes, what I can see. What yeah. So so here we are dealing with real deep stuff that is not superficial. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that we can put into our heads is saying we're going to stick with the superficial as the measurement by which we can consider is something moving forward or not. The temple and the power that it conveys yes. is what we are stuck in. We can't move past the fact that the power is here and we are the ones who are here rather than the fact that the power is everywhere because mm -hmm. Christ is everywhere. Yes. And, and he lives within us, each of us individually. But instead, we, we can't function if people think that we don't have the power. Right. So we got to make sure that it stays consolidated right here. So we got to deal with this tension, right? So here's so here so here it is. Let me let me use this last quote and then I'm going to use the three points and we're out of here. Mm -hmm. This last quote is the dust is the is the dust debate. It's the dust debate. That's what I'm going to label it. The last quote from this speech. So it's time in 1964 to wake up. And when you see them coming with that kind of conspiracy, let them know your eyes are open. And let them know you something else that it, let them know you something else that's wide open too. It's got to be the ballot or the bullet. The ballot or the bullet. If you're afraid to use an expression like that, you should get on out the country. <laughs> you should get back in the cotton patch. Oof. You should get back in the alley. They get all the Negro vote, and after they get it, the Negro gets nothing in return. All they did, all they, here's, 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 the, here's the dust. All they did when they got to Washington was give a few big Negroes big jobs. Those big Negroes didn't need big jobs. They already had jobs. Already had jobs. That's camouflage. Mm -hmm. That's trickery. That's treasure, tre treachery. Window dressing. No, no. There's a, there's a whole thing about Uncle Tom. There but, is. There, 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 uh. well, we ain't going to use that term right now. But I'm not trying to knock out the Democrats for the Republicans. We'll get to them in a minute. <laughs> but it is true. You put Democrats first, and the Democrats put you last. Mm. I believe. I believe he called us chumps for 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 that mindset. Right. Yeah. So he was talking in a context. But can I add to it? Because I can. It don't mean it don't make a difference if you go Democrat or Republican. If the same condition is going to be the same condition for you. Right. Because if there is no change, 
if there is no change to lift and uplift, it's the same trouble. But here's the thing. We're dealing with a tension. We're dealing with a tension. Mm -hmm. And the tension is from the past, the present, and the future. So here's how we deal with that. We got to first, we got to, in order to deal with it, we can determine the values of the community. That's the first thing. You got to deal with the values of the community. What's valuable to everybody, not just a few. Mm -hmm. Some people just want a few things. And there's others that ain't never seen anything of any viability ever. I think he talks about in the speech about the politicians who come into your neighborhood for once every four years and then head right back out, but want to tell you what you need to do in your community, even though they don't know anything about what you actually do in your community. I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I'm grateful. I don't know if it's true or not. I cannot confirm nor deny. Okay. I can't confirm nor deny, but I am glad that in my time here, I have never received a call of any sort coming from any politician wanting to come up in here on a Sunday morning before they, before election day. Mm. But you, but here, but here, but here in life, but it, but here in lies is, you know, I got a story, right? I always got one. The church I pastored, it was a high likelihood I was going to see some of the politicians come to the church. And I did. And some of them would actually come well before election day because not 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 close to it. They 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 actually came through more than once. But they would hear me say the same thing from the pulpit all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, while I respect the fact that you have come, I hope that this is not your last time, whether whether you win or lose, because everybody needs Jesus. I never let them speak. I never let them speak. I talk to them after church. I never, and I never turn down my voice when it comes to speaking truth to power. And I knew the police chief. I knew all these different people. And they would have to hear my mouth every time they showed up. I did not change just because they showed up. And they would come back. I didn't even understand. I'm like, you going to keep on coming back? Well, okay. That's cool. But what have we done when we don't even know the values of who we are as a community? The South Side, we got some values that need to be addressed. And guess what? We can't be like everyone else trying to tell somebody what they value. We got to learn and know so that we're able to what? Minister to them. Yep. You can't tell somebody who's broke what they what they stand in need of. Mm -hmm. What kind of insane stuff is that? Yep. And people do it. Especially if you ain't broke yourself. Oh. How are you going to have a trust fund and try to tell somebody how to spend their money? <laughs> you see what I mean? You, you, you can't be broke and give rich people ideas. You can't, you know what I'm saying? You can't, you can't have, you 
you can you cannot you cannot be a serial single person trying to give love advice. <laughs> you can't you can't do those things, right? You can't tell me what I need and I'm a part of this community. I can tell you though what I need. And so we have to determine by what? Listening to each other, mm-hmm. hearing each other, understanding each other. And if we do that, we can work through the tension. But number two, we have to become accountable for our state of being. Mm. Mm. We have to be accountable. Because you're going to wait on somebody else to be accountable for stuff, to change stuff, to do this, to do that. Nah, that ain't, that ain't, that ain't how it's going to work. When Steven went up and he told them straight to their face, you are stiff neck, you are this, you are that. I, uncircumcised of heart and ears bro that's that might that might be my the biggest flame <laughs> i love that line you are uncircumcised you have no you have no covenant mm-hmm. with god when it comes to your heart and how you hear yeah that's what it that's what that's what it comes exactly. down exactly so people be like circumcision they only think about the physical act no, no 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 it's the covenant he said you literally have no covenant in heart and with your hearing. You haven't committed to anything. Yeah. But we got to be accountable for that. Mm-hmm. At some point, at some point, we take account of, okay, how do we come from a people, how do we come from a people that can create something out of nothing? Mm. But we're waiting on somebody to give us something so we can say we have something. What James Brown say? I always jack it up. Don't, don't. What did he say? Give it a shot. You know somebody will be. Don't, able to don't open the door for me. No, what's he say? I, I'll, I'll, I'll do it myself. Yeah, I don't remember what it is, but something like that. I done blew it up, but it's okay. I tried. No, no, I tried. Good, good try. Good try. It's okay. Good try. You know, we got, but see, after a while, after a while, we can ask God. Whatever you when you hear me pray, sometimes if you hear me pray in public, I'm like God. Open doors that no man can shut mm. and shut doors no man can open. But then sometimes God's like, okay, I've unlocked some doors that you can go ahead and push open. Yeah. But what what does that mean? If you put the effort, I already unlocked the thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we're still waiting for God to just swing it open. And then sometimes and sometimes the opening is I've unlocked it. And I've already given you enough strength to open it because you're not prepared for what's on the other side of it. Some of us want him to swing it open. We want people to swing it open. Oh, yeah, there are opportunities that we should have. Yes, there are opportunities that should exist. That's called equity. I want equity. Everybody wants equality. No, I want equity. Mm -hmm. Yes. But once I get equity, I better do something with the equity. Correct. The Sanhedrin couldn't do nothing because they were not they were not prepared. You know what I'm saying? They were not prepared for what all that meant. Yeah. And of course, good looking out, brother Jeff. Don't want nobody to give me nothing. There it is. Open up the door. I'll get it myself. There it is. See? That's the quote. <laughs> 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We're going to get the quote. We're going to get it right. I yeah. told you this. Put it out there. We're going to get it right. <laughs> but we have to be accountable. The Sanhedrin didn't want to be accountable for their part and their role in killing a man mm -hmm. that didn't deserve to die. Yeah. In killing prophets that did not deserve to die. Stephen held them accountable. Mm -hmm. Stephen got killed for holding them accountable. Right. That's that's that empire that you always talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah. The empire will kill you for accountability. For trying to hold them accountable. Yep. But here comes the last thing, and we out of here. In order to deal with this tension, the reason that we got to deal with it is because we are pushed to make a decision on how we proceed. You got to deal with the tension so you know how to proceed. At the end of the day, when we wrestle with what we have going on, then we have to figure out what's the next step. Mm -hmm. When Malcolm talks about is either the ballot or the bullet, <laughs> either you're going to talk with your vote or you're going to have to speak with a different action. Right. I am not here to promote violence, but I do understand what he meant. Yeah. At some point, you got to make a decision in how you proceed. As believers, we have to deal with the tension of what we have not done. Yeah. We got to deal with it. And the results that come from that inaction. Yeah. Right. And once you deal with that tension, you now have to make a new decision. Mm -hmm. Do you continue or do you make an adjustment and move ahead? And that is the tension of being a believer in Jesus Christ. We got to deal with the hard stuff so that we're able to go forward. Yeah. Because if we don't, you don't move forward, guess what? You die. Mm. Ain't no other way to put it. Stay in the same spot, you die. <laughs> Stay in the same mentality, you die. And I'd rather, I'd rather meet Jesus and hear a well done. I'd rather get well done for trying. Yeah, at least you tried. Yeah. Give it, give it a shot. Mm -hmm. can, can we? Can I get? Can I get this off my chest? Just give it a chance. Whatever. Just give it a chance. Give yourself the greatest freedom in the world is just taking a shot. You know what I found out? I'm, I'm, this is for levity, and we're going home. I used to be a halfway decent athlete, like for real. Mm -hmm. Like, for real, for real. I used to be a halfway decent athlete. One day, when in practice, I just, you know, I always jumping. I played basketball, always jumping, always jumping. You know, everybody always jumping. You want to touch the net. After you touch the net, you want to touch the rim. After you touch the rim, you want to dunk that thing. One day in practice, after all this jumping, all this lifting, all this stuff, one day in practice, after it was all over, we had a team dunk contest. And guess who was in the dunk contest? Me. And I was able to take off from the middle of the paint and punch. Middle practice, man. I mean, just bop. And I, and, and I shocked myself because I did not realize how much work I had really put in yeah. to finally get off of my feet. Mm. 
like that. I, like I, I put in a lot of work. I was, I was playing around, but I didn't realize right. how much work I put in to do that. The next thing I know, I was always jumping for the ball, and I was jumping against guys four and five inches taller than me, and out jumping them. I was get, getting rebounds out of this world, out jumping cats that should have held me down. Mm -hmm. What happens when you find out that you put in enough work, that you put, that you tried hard enough? You might actually position yourself to step into greatness. Mm -hmm. But you're so scared. Because maybe if you actually go after greatness, somebody will make you accountable for being great. Mm -hmm. Could it be that the fear of success that the fear of actually overcoming rips us in a way that we never thought it would. Mm. I'll leave you with that thought tonight. At some point, we got to know how to proceed and move forward. Deal with this tension because God's going to hold us accountable for even trying. So if, God, so if we're going to be held for trying, Go ahead and take the shot. Yeah. God teaches us how to take the shot. Help us to take the shot, not in fear, but in faith. Mm -hmm. God, even when it's difficult, grant a peace over our lives to know that you are there. That even when people think we're crazy, you try to silence our voices, that you'll look over heaven and look at us and that we can look to you and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you affirm our movement for your glory. Bless your people tonight. Bless them for what they have heard. Help them in areas that they haven't even talked about. Make us better as your people. Go with us and stand by us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And we'll see you next Wednesday around the 630 time block. And we'll see you this Sunday at 10 a.m. for worship here at Clare United Methodist Church. Have a good night.